we're going to be in the book of Ephesians, chapter number 5. And uh, if you're just joining with us, we've been uh, going through uh, the book of Ephesians, uh, verse by verse, and um, we've kind of come to the tail end here in Ephesians chapter 5 of what Paul's been talking about, about being filled with the Spirit. And a few of those ways that we know that we are filled with the Spirit is the fact of we'll have uh, Spirit-filled singing. Um, he tells us here that um, we'll be submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So there's a mutual submission uh, towards one another. And then he starts uh, with this passage here, uh, beginning in verse number 22, uh, on down through verse 24, about now with our relationships, that our relationships will be spirit-filled. Um, and particularly, he's going to talk uh, this morning about wives uh, submitting to your own husbands. Now, uh, in preparation for this, um, I know that there has been a lot of things that have been said about what submission is and what submission is not. Um, I believe the world has painted a picture of what submission is. Uh, they paint a picture that, um, you know, men are uh, chauvinistic and uh, rude and um, unkind. And uh, there's a uh, commercial that has been put out, I'm sure many of you have seen it, about the toxic masculinity, um, things like that. But I think it's important that we get a biblical definition of what submission is as regards to the, uh, the wife's submission to her husband. And it's important to understand this because I believe it's, the gospel is at stake for all of this. Um, marriage is supposed to be a picture of what our relationship is with Jesus Christ. And when that picture is marred, uh, whether it be by the philosophy of the world or how we live our lives, husbands and wives, um, we paint a picture of the gospel that is not true, that it is false. Uh, so we're going to read this uh, portion of scripture together, and uh, then I'd like to give you a few things about uh, submission of uh, what Paul's... Uh, Intent here is what uh, he was writing. But why don't we pray together um, before we uh, go into this passage of scripture? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for uh, the truth that it uh, teaches us and um, brings us into um, the reality of, of who you are and, and what you say to us. And Lord, I pray that in our uh, marriage relationships that are, that are here represented uh, between husband and wife, that um, we would desire to follow your word above everything, that uh, we would not use your word as a way of um, trying to get our own way or uh, trying to use our, our, your word to uh, try to prove things that, that are not true. Um, just pray that you speak to our hearts this morning. I pray that you be with the wives that are here this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, teach them uh, from your word. I pray that you be with the husbands here, that you would teach them from your word and help us to understand exactly what you say. 
Uh, we are so grateful for your kindness and your goodness towards us. Thank you so much for your mercy that we have in your son, Jesus Christ. We are nothing. We have nothing. We come to you um, literally empty. And it's only because of the righteousness of Christ that we are able to stand, uh, that we are able to have a relationship with you. And so we thank you for that. Uh, we ask all this in the name of Christ. Amen. So let's look at this passage here. Um, what he says here, Ephesians 5, 22 through 24. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. I believe that this scripture here has been mistranslated, misunderstood, and applied unscripturally uh, in many um, different types of settings. I believe these verses here have really been the contention of many marital problems. Um, they've been used to advocate abuse, whether that is uh, physical, verbal, emotional, and sometimes even spiritual abuse. Now, upon first glance, when we look at these scriptures here, uh, if you're the wife in your married relationships, these verses might seem very hostile towards you. Um, they might seem very degrading. But I want you to know that this was never God's intent nor is it my intent to present these verses in a hostile or a degrading uh, way. If these verses have been preached or applied in a degrading manner, it's because of an unbiblical concept of equality and significance was presented. Submission does not mean that you are any less of a person or that you are inferior to others. This is what I want you to take away from you this morning. As the church submits to Christ in everything, wives should submit to their husbands in everything. That's really basically what he says in verse 24, almost exactly. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now, before I give you the reasons why I understand that these verses go strongly against our culture, um, and maybe possibly there might be some people here this morning that maybe your mindset is to, you have bought into a philosophy of what the culture says, what submission is and what submission is not. So before I give you those reasons here, um, I would hope that ultimately you would accept that God's word is for our instruction. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And so I want to give you a, a few comments here before we really dive into this uh, portion of scripture uh, that I believe will help us approach this text a little bit more biblically. Okay, So number one, God gives us these commands for our good. In Deuteronomy 6.24 and Deuteronomy 10.13, both of them say that all of his commands are for our good. 
And since God planned and ordained marriage, he can really tell us what is good for our lives. He can tell us how it's supposed to work, how it's supposed to operate. Um, he tells us if we want to live with his blessing on our marriage, in our marriage lives, in our married lives, then we have to follow his word on what he says about marriage. Popular belief today paints a picture that God and New Testament writers like Paul are some type of male chauvinist who are punishing women and rewarding men by commanding these respective roles in marriage. Um, rather, God gives us these instructions to show us his loving care as we obey them. Also in this regard, all Christians are under authority. Husbands, me, you, if you're a husband, you are not an authority unto yourself. You are to be living under the submission of the authority of Christ and even the elders of a church. So we are under authority. To live in rebellion to authority is really to live in defiance to God. And uh, God is the one who ordains all authority. So when we say that we don't want authority in our lives, when we say, I don't want anybody telling me what to do, really you're uh, disobeying what God's ordained authority is. It's really interesting. Sometimes you talk to people that say that they want to join the military because they don't want anybody telling them what to do. <laughs> but God gives us an ordained authority that we are supposed to be living under and it's for our good it's there to protect us there's blessing that comes from when we obey the authority that God has placed over us secondly the church is not degraded as it submits to Christ um it is to the church's glory to submit to Christ. Even so, it is not degrading for a wife to submit to her husband. Rather, it results, as what uh, Paul says here in Ephesians 5.27, he says, so that he might present the church, when the church submits to Christ, Christ will present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Same way for, the, for when the husband, when the, the wife is submitting to the husband, the husband is really able to present the wife without spot or wrinkle, without any blemish. Uh, so it's not degrading to submit uh, to Christ, and it's not degrading for the wife to submit uh, to the husband. Submission results in her ultimate good. Thirdly, Christian marriage is to be a powerful witness to the world. The world in which we live in is selfish. It's fighting for their own rights. The world should look at a Christian marriage and instantly see the difference. That's why your testimony, the gospel is at stake with your marriage. And so your children growing up in your home, uh, when uh, the husband is not loving his wife the way that uh, he should, and when the wife is not submitting to the husband the way that she should, it really paints a picture of the gospel that is not true. And your children see that. And then you have to think, what's going through their mind? You talk about Jesus, how wonderful he is, how great he is, but then 
yet your marriage paints a completely different picture. People should see a Christian husband tenderly and selflessly loving his wife as Christ loved the church. The world should see a Christian wife joyfully submitting to and respecting her husband, always seeking his good. I came across this comparison about the importance of marriage roles within the Christian marriage, and I thought it was very helpful. Uh, the writer wrote, When a husband treats his wife poorly and puts her down, he is proclaiming heresy that Christ abuses and puts down his bride. If he is a dictator over his wife, he tells the world that the gentle, loving Christ is a cruel tyrant. When a man does not take upon his headship and let his wife and let his and let when a man takes upon when a man does not take upon his headship and does not lead he preaches that Christ does not lovingly shepherd his church and that the church is free to live out from under submission to Christ again heretical lies if a husband deserts his wife, either through unfaithfulness or indifference or by being married to his career or to his hobbies, he preaches that Christ abandons his church, another falsehood. So as married Christians, our witness to a watching world is very much entwined with how we relate as husbands and wives. So that's why these verses are so important for the marriage relationship and how we are preaching Christ to a lost world. So let's take a note of a few things here about this. Number one, to submit to your husband, you must submit to the Lord. Ephesians 5.22, wives, submit to your own husbands, notice this, as to the Lord. It's interesting to note here that God gives husbands the greater responsibility in this passage of scripture. Husbands are commanded to love their wives. Husbands are to be serving the wife, literally laying down your life. Husbands are responsible to lead the family. They're supposed to be making the decisions. Husbands are responsible for the spiritual well-being of their wives. Husbands are responsible to lead the family spiritually. And husbands are to raise the children. God only calls the wives to submit to that leadership. But what has been painted in the world that we live today... The husband comes home, he's kind of the uh, uh, Fred Flintstone or the George Jetson, you know. Where's my food? Scratch my back. Right? And the wife is over there, you know, timid or shy and, okay, honey, whatever you want. Now this verse here is right in line with our previous verses. In verse 21, as we saw about being subject to one another, literally being in submission to one another. And we saw that we do that because it is out of fear of Christ, out of reverence for Christ is what uh, Paul says. But all of that by submitting to one another is all a result of being filled with the Spirit. 
So wives, I believe this is part of being filled with the Spirit is the fact of you are submitting to your husband, to his leadership. Now look what he says here. He says, as to the Lord. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now this does not mean that a wife must submit to her husband in exactly the same way that she submits to the Lord. You say, why is that? Well, because the Lord is perfect. And I believe that we can all attest here that us husbands, those of us that are husbands, are far from perfect. All you wives can say amen to that. Okay. <laughs> hey. So rather, so what is Paul saying here? Rather, Paul is saying, basically, he says that submission to your husband is part, is a, is a part of obedience to the Lord. So if you are fighting against the idea of submitting to your husband, really what you're doing is you're fighting against the authority that God has already put in place there. Your attitude reflects the way that you are really fighting against the Lord in all of this. So who ordained this authority? God did. And so when we go against that authority, we are fighting against that authority that God has placed there. So you must begin by yielding to the Lord through his word. This is what the word of God says. So I am going to obey God and I'm going to submit myself to that authority that God has placed there. Now, the context of all of this, when we look at these verses all together, okay, he's talking about this joy and thankfulness. Remember what he said here back, uh, if we go back in uh, verse number uh, 18, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a joy, there's, there's a submission there when we are uh, submitting to the to the Holy Spirit being filled with the Holy Spirit and so a wife's submission to her husband is not a cross that she must gloomily bear not like oh man I have to submit there should be joy in the submission to her husband because just as submission to God is the way to true and lasting joy, so a wife's submission to her husband as to the Lord is the way to true and lasting joy. So that's why he says, as to the Lord, that we submit. Let me show you a second thing. Hold fast to the role to which God has called you. So if you're going to be a spirit-filled wife, you submit to the Lord. You submit to your husband as to the Lord. But secondly, you need to hold fast to the role to which God has called you. Now in this next verse here, verse 23, look what he says. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. So Paul is going to explain verse 22 by saying, this is why. Why do we do that? Because God has established roles within the marriage. Notice what Paul says here. He says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. 
Paul doesn't say the husband should be the head of the wife. He doesn't say the husband ought to be the head of the wife. What does he say? He says the husband is the head of the wife. It's a stated fact. God has already preordained a role for the husband, and God has already preordained a role for the wife. He says the husband is the head. He doesn't say the husband should be or ought to be or try to be. He says the husband is the head. There are many husbands who are weak, ineffective, and just plain lousy heads of their wives. That's me. I'm selfish. I'm prideful. I want my own way. I don't lead my family like I should. But God has already ordained it that I am to be the head of my wife. So even though I may be lousy, even though I may not do what I should be doing, it still does not change the fact that I am the head of my wife. Even if the husband refuses to lead the family, it still does not change the fact that God has given him that role of being the head. Now notice in our text that God equates the husband as headship of the wife to how Christ is the head of the church. He says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Now, in both the Old and New Testament, God uses a picture of marriage to resemble the relationship that he has between him and his people. Here in Ephesians, we learn that Christian marriage is an earthly picture of Christ in the church. In Ephesians 5.32, he says, this mystery is profound. He says, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. In Genesis 1.27, we read that God created man as male and female to reflect his image. In marriage, the husband and wife are equal persons before God. It's not that the man is, is, is more important or higher or any of that. They are equal persons before God. God created them male and female in his image. The husband and wife are equal, sharing in the grace of salvation. Listen to what Galatians 3.28 says. It says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says this, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. So that your prayers may not be hindered. Husbands, if you want your prayers to be answered. It tells us that we should be living with our wives in an understanding way. I remember after being married a few years and you know going on through life and things seemed to be going well and everything. I mean, everything was going my way, right? 
And I remember my wife coming up to me and tenderly telling me, helping me. And there was a time that I thought that my wife was there to do what I needed her to do. Whether it be clean the house, cook the food, do whatever. And my wife lovingly and tenderly came up to me one day and she said this. Are your hands broke? (laughs) What was she saying to me? She was saying, you too can help around here. That is living with your wives in an understanding way. So in order for this picture to work of us as believers in Christ be showing forth this image of the gospel through our marriage, in order for that to work, there has to be an order of authority and submission to reflect that divine image. We must follow this design of marriage as God has established it. Notice two things about these roles that God has called you to do. Number one. God has designed gender-based roles for us to follow, and the husband is the head of the wife. This is why uh, homosexual marriage does not work. You can't have two heads. It's a monster. It doesn't work. So God has designed gender-based roles For us to follow, and the husband is the head of the wife. As we looked last week about this mutual submission here, there is a sense that believers are supposed to be submitting to one another. But whenever the New Testament addresses the subject of Christian marriage, it always commands the wife to be in subjection to her husband. Using the same verb here as uh, what Paul says here about submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Then he says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. It means to put yourself under his authority. To put yourself under his ranking. But it never commands the husband to be in subjection to the wife. Because there is an order there that God has placed. Now, again, not to say that there are decisions within the home that the husband can't mutually say, hey, I'll do that. Or your wife says, honey, can you fix the pipes? They're not working. Sure, I'll fix it. Okay? We're not talking about that, but we're talking about the order that God has placed within the home. The husband is to be the head. He is supposed to be leading the family spiritually. Colossians 3.18 says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. 1 Peter 3.1 says, In the same way, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Then even if some are disobedient, the husband, if the husband is disobedient to the word, they will be won over without a word by the way that you live. All of the New Testament commandments that we find here for wives to submit to the husband are always addressed to the wives and not to the husband. The Bible never commands the husband to put his wife in subjection. You will submit to me. No, that's abusive. 
So the Bible never commands the husband to put his wife in subjection. The Bible never commands the husband to be the head of his wife. It's just a stated fact. You are the head. That's what God says. These are God-ordained gender roles. And it's a stated fact that the husband is the head of the wife and the wife is to respond to the Lord who designed marriage in this way by willingly submitting to to her husband. Now these God-ordained roles are not open for for vote or for, you know, let's talk about it. Let's let's see what if we should, you know, do something different. They're not open for that because God already ordained them. Even if our culture says something different, we should still follow the teaching of the word and what the word says. And you know, all this goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. Um, We find that God created Adam And then what did he do? He formed Eve out of Adam. Now, could God have created Adam and Eve instantaneously at the same time? He could have. But God had a reason for all of this. God says, I'm going to first form Adam. And then he takes Eve out of Adam. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, 8 through 9, he says this, For man was not made from woman but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. You see, God has wisely created these gender-based roles for completion. Again, that's why same-sex marriage does not work because there's no completion there. God took Eve out of Adam. And so there has to be a completion there between man and woman. And God designed it that way. God designed marriage to be a partnership in which the wife follows her husband's leadership. Women were created to be a helpmeet suitable for man. To assist him in his God-given task of what? Scratch my back, cook my clothes, cook my clothes, (laughs) cook my food, wash my clothes. Is that what you were created for? No. You were created for to help him in his God-ordained role of leading the family. And so your husband leading the family spiritually, you are submitting to what your husband is doing. Yes, honey, that's what we need to do. You're backing him as he's raising the children. Yes, that's what daddy said. That's what we're doing. Evelyn's gotten into this little thing right now. You've probably had it, uh, seen it if you have children. Mommy, can I do this? Go ask your dad. She comes to me. Daddy, can I do this? Go ask your mom. <laughs> right? So God has created these marriage roles for our good to help us to be complete. And the wife is there to submit to her husband's leadership. She's there to assist him in his God-given tasks. So the roles in marriage are not culturally determined, but rather they are ordained by God at creation. Men, God did not give you a wife 
to be your slave. That's not the reason why you should have, why you got married. She's not there to be your slave. She's there to help you as you take on the spiritual leadership in your family. She is there to submit to your leadership, not your whims and desires. It is the role of the husband to serve his wife, to give himself up for her, to wash her by the water of the word, to present her without spot or wrinkle. It is the role of the wife to submit to her husband's leadership in these areas. Secondly, Jesus is the head of the church and has authority over her for her good. Likewise, the husband is the head of the wife and has authority over her for her good. Look what he says here in our text again. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Notice he says this word head. This head means authority. We see Paul using the same expression of headship here in Ephesians uh, chapter 1 verse 22. Talking about Christ. He talks about he's far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. He's above every name that is named. Not only in this age but also in the one to come. And he says and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. So Christ has authority over the church, just as the husband has authority over the wife. 1 Corinthians 11.3 says, But I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head of a woman, and God is the head of Christ. And he's talking about this order of authority. There is definitely an order of authority in Scripture that we find. All authority begins with God. Christ is under the authority of God. Man is under the authority of Christ. And women are under the authority of their husbands. And so when we try to say, well, I don't think that we should be doing that. Or I don't think I should do that. Culture paints a picture of, of what we should be doing. And when we step out of those God-ordained roles... It's not going to work. It won't work. There won't be a blessing of God within the marriage. Biblical authority is never given for the advantage of the one in authority or so that that person can suppress those under authority. Rather, God delegates authority for the blessing and the protection of those under authority so that they will become all that God wants them to be. So since we as the church are supposed to be submitting to Christ, that authority is there to protect us. How would you feel if, if, you, if Christ abandoned the church? How would that, how would that change your life if you, if, you, if you thought, boy, Christ just really doesn't care about us? Or if Christ does not lead us? What if Christ didn't give us the Holy Spirit? To lead us, direct us. See, he's given us these authorities in life to protect us for our good. And just like that, the husbands are there to protect the wife. To lead her spiritually. To help her. 
to seek the very best in her. That's what he says, by washing her by the water of the word that he may present her without spot or wrinkle, without any blemish. So that authority is there for good. It's there to protect you. And so that does not mean that a husband must make every decision, but he is responsible for every decision made. If a husband is negligent with that responsibility or he abuses it for his own advantages, he will answer to God for that. The wife is just called to submit to the authority. Actually, God is very merciful to women. God places the, the responsibility of the marriage more on the husband than he does the wife. And God is very merciful. And he says, you're just called to submit. And if that husband is neglecting those responsibilities, if he's not leading his family, he is really leaving his wife unprotected because he's not caring for her as Christ cares for the church. And so since Christ is the head of the church for her good and the husband is the head for the wife for her good, Paul adds this phrase, look at this, that Christ, he says, and is himself its savior. You know, when you think about that, Christ was given for us to be our savior. He was given, he gave himself on the cross to save us from our sins. And there's analogy in all of this because husbands must sacrificially give themselves in love for their wives. That's what he says in Ephesians 5.25. Husbands must use their headship to protect and help their wives not to abuse them. And Christ is the savior of the church. The husband is there to present his wife without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. He's there to protect her, to guide her, to love her. As a wife, you should be assured that if you have a husband who is going to sacrificially give himself in love to you, your husband is not going to harm you, but to love you, you should be assured that he's doing it to protect you and he's doing it for your good. Husbands, if we refuse and abandon our God-given authority in the home, we are leaving our wives spiritually unprotected. So then you wonder, how far does this submission extend to? Because in the next verse here, he says, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands in everything is that submission extended to everything well next week we'll talk about that let's pray